Well, hey, it is good to see you here, and I love seeing your faces here with us in real life. Well, it is already Thanksgiving time. I'm having a hard time believing it. I, I made the joke a ton. Uh, this entire year has felt like it's been a big pause button for me. Um, there have been a handful of times where I've looked around and gone, what month is it? I'm not talking about what day is it or what week is it. I've literally said, what month is it? Because in my mind, it's kind of still in one month and in another, uh, you know, in real life, so to speak. It has been a crazy, crazy year. And I am starting a message series today entitled, Should We Cancel Thanksgiving? And I want to talk a little bit about why now here in 2020, maybe we need gratitude more than ever before and why gratitude still matters. So let me just share some things with you in kind of preparation this week. I've been kind of looking back a little bit on some of the things that we've dealt with and it's a lot. I mean, it is a lot. I want to just share a couple of things with you. Check out this article that I've got here. I took a quick little screenshot and it said April 9th marked 100 days into 2020. Here are 26 shocking things that have happened so far. You know what I kind of wanted to say to the person that wrote this? You ain't seen nothing yet. I mean, just wait, just wait. There's more, right? Like, like in the bad infomercials, just wait, there's more. All right, well, here's what I put together. I put together a couple of slides with some different things so you guys could remember just how crazy 2020 has been. So check out this, the natural disasters. Do you guys realize that we here in Houston like barely dodged two major hurricanes, right? I don't know if you remember that. Some of you may be, oh yeah, that's right. We thought there was a category four or three that was gonna hit us. It did not. There on the right, you've got the Golden Gate Bridge and the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge. That's the north side of the Golden Gate Bridge that is literally on fire. The California wildfires literally chewing up millions of acres and displacing hundreds of thousands of people. That kind of reminds you, doesn't it, that maybe some of the things that we worry about, they don't, but some of the things they worry about, we don't, you know? Um, for those of you who don't know, a couple weeks ago, my wife was up in Oklahoma visiting our kids and they they spent about six hours cleaning limbs and branches out of my parents' yard because they had had such a bad ice storm. Yes, we've been dealing with the 80-degree temperatures. They had a literal ice storm that was so bad that it undid literally decades of growth in my dad's uh, trees and things like that. There were just tons and tons of branches and limbs that were all piled up because there was an ice storm that hit them. And then do you guys have any, on the count of three, if you guys can realize what is on the bottom picture, I don't know if you can see it, but on the count of three, maybe you remember, ready, one, two, three. Thank you. Some of y'all did. Murder hornets. Now, I know that sounds terrible. They're not going to murder you, but they do murder bees. And that's a big deal, actually, if you're into that kind of thing and know a little bit about that thing. But yes, those are murder hornets. They're about two inches long and... Um, by the way, just as a weird aside, I've been stung more by hornets this year. Maybe they're having a bad year too. I don't know. All right, let's go to this next slide here. Oh, yes, this little thing called the coronavirus. Isn't it weird that it used to be coronavirus and now it's COVID, right? It's, I, I don't know why that is. Maybe they figured out that a lot of people were suffering from coronavirus during the coronavirus. I don't know. You know, I don't know. But it used to be the coronavirus. This gave us our brand new normal 
you know, where everybody is on a different uh, end of the bench, like on this picture that's coming up here, you know, that's the new normal. Do you remember when it used to be that we thought the people who wore masks in public were kind of weird? Uh, at least that was, all right, I, y'all can judge me if you want to, that's fine. But we used to think, what's their deal? Like, that's not a thing you do. It's funny now, right? I mean, just the way that it is. The other day I rode in an Uber and uh, I got in wearing a mask into a car that I'd never seen before with a dude that was driving me wearing a mask and I felt 100% normal about it. That's weird, right? I mean, that's really weird, but it just is our brand new normal. Or what about this? Oh my goodness gracious. I mean, George Floyd, this happened back, I believe in May. I wrote it down and then I forgot to bring that up, but I believe that happened in May and just the craziness that happened and occurred, there are literally still riots going on in Portland today, and even as of last night, that you know, kind of sprung from the, the Black Lives Matter movement, from the, the social justice movement that has been sparked by George Floyd's passing and the murder of George Floyd. That happened this year. All right, so let's go to this next slide. Oh my goodness, we lost a ton of celebrities, right? Up there in the top, uh, let's go from the clockwise, from the top left, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, I believe he just called her Gigi, I think her name is Gianna, but um, she and he passed in along with seven different people as well in a helicopter plane crash back at the end of January, and in the middle there, the tall one there, tall, dark, and handsome is Sean Connery, you know? Um, then the one uh, that probably like hit me the hardest, I guess, is the Chadwick Boseman over here. And you know how I'm telling you guys all the time, do the Wakanda forever hug. Like you guys know exactly what I'm talking about because Chadwick Boseman and the Black Panther and then Alex Trebek down here on the right died within the last week or two. And then Eddie Van Halen over here on the bottom left. Is there anybody in here who knows what Eddie Van Halen's guitar sounds like? All right. I know Tim, Tim Donahue's over there going, yeah, no. all right, all right, I see you. All right. He's not really doing that, but if you were here, you'd know if that was true or if I'm lying, right? Okay. But here's the thing. This... Like there's been celebrity deaths, there's been natural disasters, there's been the coronavirus, there's been social justice, there's been tons of things going on in the political sphere too. Um, This doesn't bother us too much because this is not something that affects our lives, but the United Kingdom voted to leave the European Union this year. That's a thing. And then the impeachment process began in January of our own president, uh, passed by the House vetoed by the Senate, and so he was not removed from office. There was an actual impeachment, but not removed from office. There was a big back and forth on whether or not it was even legitimate or not. And then we had these two caricatures, not actual pictures, but uh, the big, huge thing that has kind of kept us in turmoil over the last few months is Biden versus Trump, Trump versus Biden. Um, and then you can see over here on the bottom left, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, a, a, a Supreme Court justice that passed away as well this year. I mean, it, as, as my girls used to say to me when they were living at home, Dad, it's, it's just a lot. It's a lot, right? There's a lot that's been going on in 2020. And it's not even done yet. At this rate, we'll probably have two or three more things before the end of the year that are going to be pretty crazy that happen, right? And so this has all happened in 2020. Let's click to this next slide. And so this is the concept here is, well, 
we got so much going on in our world, should we just cancel Thanksgiving? I mean, we don't really have much to be thankful for. I mean, the economy's struggling. We've had issues with this. I'm missing one of these people. And you may even know some other individuals. And I want to just mention, you know, the thing is, is that what I didn't even put up there may have hit you even the hardest. Maybe someone you knew has passed because of coronavirus. I have at least two people that have been affected by that and have lost their lives. People that were older, but yet they lost their lives because of coronavirus. Well, what about people who have lost jobs? That has happened. We know people, we all know people that have dealt with these things. And so up to this point, we've talked about it on a macro level. Now we're getting down to a micro level where it affects individual lives, not just regions or the worldwide thing. And maybe because of some of the things that are going on in your own world, maybe you're saying, you know what? I just ain't feeling Thanksgiving this year, to be honest with you. Like, I'm not feeling like celebrating and being thankful and grateful and all this different stuff. And I totally understand that. I get it. But I want to talk to you today about why gratitude still matters, even in the midst of 2020. And even with the craziness that's gone on in our world, but maybe even in your world, the things that have happened that have caused you to maybe feel less than grateful, there are still things and reasons to be grateful. And so I just want to talk a little bit about that. And I want to share, I don't know if you guys are really fully aware, but I'm kind of a little bit of a, uh, a, little bit of a history nut. I'll say nut, not buff, because I don't think I know a ton about history, but I find it fascinating. But there is the Jamestown colony and there's pictures and, you know, artist renderings of the Jamestown colony that was in Virginia. It was the first kind of European settlers here on the continent. And then we know that we celebrate Thanksgiving because of folks that happened in the Jamestown colony. But let's be very clear about something. The first Thanksgiving that kind of is depicted on this way on the History Channel's website, let's be very clear about something now, I don't know if you know much about history, but the truth of the matter is, is that they celebrated that first Thanksgiving, not because things were great, but because they had made it through some of the hardest times that they'd ever faced. As a matter of fact, in the people in the colony, there were about 50% of the people in the colony that died during that first year from everything from dysentery and different flus and fevers and problems that they just didn't have the way to win over the way that we do in modern medicine. Many of them died lack of food and starvation. I mean, 50% of the people that got on that boat were only alive. There was only 50%. And so if you stop and think about that, you think to yourself, well, why in the world would somebody want to have a celebration and a Thanksgiving after 50% of the people that they were with have now died or passed away? I think it's a very important thing that we grasp and understand that we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to be grateful for. And if we've gotten in the habit of thinking that our life is supposed to be easy because of all the modern conveniences and all the modern things our world has overcome, we forget that truth be told, life is not supposed to be easy. Even when we know the Lord, it's not always going to be easy for us. And so I want to just share a couple of things. I actually want to read from a, a, a message 
that was actually preached by a man whose name was Jedediah Morse. And yes, I almost named my son Jedediah, uh, but that's probably why I don't have a son, you know, just to save them from that embarrassment. But Jedediah, you don't hear about that name very often, but Jedediah Morse, does that last name sound familiar, by the way? How many of you know about Morse code? Samuel Morse, his son, actually was the one who invented Morse code, but he was a pastor, a preacher, a graduate of Yale, a person who pastored a church in, uh, in Massachusetts, and here is what he wrote, and here's what he preached to his congregation. He said, it is the nature of prosperity to fill the mind with vainglory, self-importance, and self-complacency, to make men feel independent of their fellow men and even of their God. Isn't that powerful? That was delivered in 1795, and it could have been just delivered yesterday. It is so incredibly truthful and hits us exactly where we are even today. And the truth of the matter is, is that it's possible that we've gotten so used to being blessed beyond measure that anything less feels like we've been done wrong. And I want to be very, very clear about something. I believe that if you are able to hear me and you live here in the United States, you probably have pretty much hit the jackpot in the way that people are living in this world. For the most part, you probably don't grasp it or feel like it or realize it, but you are probably in the top 10 in the entire world's population of over 7 billion people to have the things that we have and experience the things that we experience. As a matter of fact, this is a, a website uh, from CSNBC. It said, how much money do you need to be among the 10 richest percent of people in the entire world? Now, I'm going to just tell you what that is, actually. Let me be very, very clear. Okay, I'm going to make sure I get it just right. To be among the global top 10%, you may not need nearly as much money as you think. According to 2018 Global Wealth Report, you don't even need six figures. A net worth of 93,170 US dollars is enough to make you richer than 90% of the people around the world. Now, let's, be, let's do a quick little survey. Are you surprised? Are you surprised that that's true? I don't know if you are or if you're not, but it goes on. The, the assets that you have minus the liabilities that you have is how you come to this amount of wealth. But you know what's crazy? Some of you guys make more than $93,000 a year. Some of you guys have cars that you own that put together, the two of them make more than $93,000 worth of uh, of property that you own. I mean, it is amazing to think that we in this country would ever be at a place where we think, you know, I don't know if I really have anything to be thankful for. Man, if you are here, if you are hearing what I'm saying, if you haven't checked yourself and just said, you know what, maybe I think too highly of these certain things and I put too much value on these things and forget that God has been incredibly good to me and incredibly good to my country and incredibly good to my family, I think it would be good for all of us to just take a minute and say, thank you, God. I mean, there are people that face dangers. There are people that have zero opportunities and we we can even get to the place where we think somehow we don't have any reason to be grateful. And if we ever get to that place, it's a scary place to be. And by the way, you need significantly less to be among the top 50%. 
If you have just $4,210 to your name, you are among the top half of the richest people in the world. And by the way, even if you wanted to go up a level, it takes a net worth of $871,320 to be in the top 1% of people in the world. You know, we're a whole lot closer to that than we are to those who are at the bottom end of our scale. We have so much to be grateful for. And even at the worst times in our country's situation, we are not dealing with some of the same problems, issues, and concerns that many other places are. I don't know about you, but when I hear stuff like that, it reminds me that sometimes I get myself out of whack And I told you guys before, and I kind of encourage you guys to remember this, and I've even asked you to make sure that you hear me to see if you agree. And I've asked this question before, how many of you know that feelings will lie to you? Can I see your hands real quick? How many of you know that feelings will lie to you? Sometimes you have a feeling that is just simply not true or accurate, and the truth is, is you may not feel grateful but you still have so much to be grateful for, as do I, for sure. Something to learn very quickly. I want to share this with you. This is the passage of Scripture that Peter read just a few moments ago, and it's very interesting. But many psalms were songs. I shared this with you last week. They were songs, and in a time where paper and pencil and writing instruments were not very prevalent, and even the education to learn how to read and write was a difficult thing, we were able to learn and meditate and memorize timeless truths because they were written in songs in the book of the Psalms. And so you look at Psalm 100 just very quickly. If you look at this and in your scriptures, you see there's a little notation before you even begin the chapter itself. It says, a psalm for giving grateful praise. This is God's way of telling us this is what praise sounds like. This is what praise is. And so here's what he says. Shout for joy, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Now, I'm just going to say something. Thank God that he says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. He doesn't say, make sure you're singing on key. Can I get an amen, right? I mean, I don't know. I'm grateful for our worship band. And and those of you who don't understand, I want you to make sure and get a grasp on this. There is a part of you that should be dedicated to the Lord. It is your emotion and your feeling. And so, yes, as we cover the scriptures, we talk about your head and that kind of thing. But your heart is also to be dedicated to the Lord. And there is a part of you and a part of me that is reached only by the emotion of singing and songs that we sing to the Lord. And you may be somebody who says, man, I don't know. Worship wasn't very good today. They didn't sing a single song I liked. Well, let me tell you what worship is supposed to be. Very quickly, it says, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs. Can I tell you something? Even if we don't sing a single song that you like, which is hard for me to believe, by the way, because our worship band does an incredible job every single week. But if that is even the case, that's not the point of worship. 
The point of worship is for you to lift your heart in joyful songs to the Lord, to worship him. And I'm going to be honest with you. I would love to see our church become a place where you have the freedom to worship the Lord and it touches your heart and it even flows out. And I don't want anybody in here putting on something that they don't feel. But I think most of us are so worried about other people and what they're going to see happen in our hearts that we do not worship the Lord the way that we should. We do not give him enough of the connection that we actually want to give him because we're worried about what other, might, other people might think. Or also, <laughs> I think sometimes we come in here and we go, well, worship's supposed to you know, get me in and get me involved. Well, that's not true, actually. The truth is, is that you're supposed to come in and give an offering of praise to the Lord. It is about you giving something to the Lord, not him being a blessing to you. And the absolutely crazy thing is, is that people who have been in church for a long time still believe that worship is designed for them to receive the blessing instead of being the blessing to God. And if you're waiting on him to give the blessing, you're waiting and waiting on something that is done in reverse, if that makes sense. You guys understand what I'm saying? Can I get an amen? All right, so we, as his people, come before him with joyful songs, and we proclaim him to be worthy of our worship. And we say that we know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. And then they have that little A right there. That, that's a, a variant reading, another translation that would also make sense. And in the Hebrew Bible, you could translate it this way or another way, and they both make sense, and they both are... Um, there and, and could be a, a, a variant translation. But here's what it says. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. In other words, you and I are alive today because God made us in his image. And if you can't be grateful for the one who made you, you and I have gotten so far off track that we think we are the center of the universe and the crazy thing is, is that God has placed us in the center of him, his own world and creation, said, I'm going to make all of redemption history point to you and your opportunity to receive the son as he lays down his life so that you can be forgiven and you and I can be reunited. That's the whole of redemption. But if you don't grasp and don't understand that it is he who made us and not we ourselves, if you think you are the one who is making it all happen, can I just say one simple thing to you? 2020, y'all, 2020. If you ever had needed convincing that you weren't in control, 2020, right? If you ever thought that you had it all figured out, 2020. <laughs> no, it's not accurate. What we thought was strong was not quite as strong. What we thought we should do for the rest of our lives can't be done anymore. What we thought we had all figured out suddenly got changed up. And I could go on and on and on. And I had that list early on. There's so much that reminds you that you are not God. And you know, it, it, it blows my mind to think that literally something smaller than the head of this pen, I mean, microscopically smaller than this, has basically put the whole world in a freeze frame for almost eight or nine or ten months now, all because we are not in control. 
We, we think we are, but we are not. And so be very careful and remember that when we talk about what we have to be grateful for, it is he who made us and not we ourselves. It is not we ourselves that made us. You didn't just come up out of the dirt without the voice of God saying, rise. It is him who made us and not we ourselves. Very quickly, I don't want you to miss this and then we'll go on. Let's go on here. Gratitude is not an emotion. Gratitude is a choice. That's why I said earlier that emotions will lie to you. The truth of the matter is, is that for you and me, we've probably said this to other people and we've even said it to ourselves. I don't know. I'm just not really feeling very thankful right now. You know, I don't know. I just don't really feel that grateful right now. I get it. But gratitude is not an emotion. It is a choice. I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to ask you guys, if y'all believe me, to say amen at the end, all right? So gratitude is not an emotion. Gratitude is a choice. It's true. It's true. That's why some people can get the same exact thing as another individual, one be incredibly frustrated that they didn't get more, and one be incredibly blown away that they received so much. So true. Gratitude is a choice. It is not an emotion. And your emotions, by the way, do lie to you. And so even if you are thinking to yourself, man, I'm just not feeling the gratitude, I'm not feeling Thanksgiving in 2020, that's cool. But it is still a place and still a time and still a year and still a day where God is worthy to be praised and glorified by his people. And even if you face some things that you never thought you'd face and never wanted to think about facing, but yet here they are knocking on your door every day. I'm here to tell you that God is still worthy of our praise no matter who we are and no matter what we face. Here's the big idea. Gratitude is the choice that changes both you and others dramatically. It changes both you and others dramatically. I don't know if you guys have, you you guys know that song that we sing around here called Echo? Your love is holding on and it won't let go. I feel it breaking out like an... All right, not bad, not bad. That song... Yeah, (laughs) two of y'all like that. That was funny. All right, so here's the thing. That song is an elevation worship song, but the guy who sings it is a guy by the name of Torin Wells. He's got some connections here in Houston, Texas. And he actually had an opportunity to preach at Elevation Church, which is out in North Carolina in the Charlotte area, I believe. But listen to what he said. And I think this is a powerful thing that we need to hear. Let's check this out. Check this out. This next slide here, this is the podcast that's even released on 9.6. You can go back and listen to it. It's a really good podcast. He said, life is full of both wonder and wounds. How many of you guys believe that? How many of you guys believe that? If you don't, have you ever been in a place where you were sad and surrounded by people that were sad? And yet, what about if you had the pleasure and the wonder and the joy of being in the room where your child came into the world? Wow. Wonder and wounds. It is true. These things sometimes exist together. Life is full of both wonder and wounds, but we choose which one we will glance at and which one we will stare into. Now, 
All right, little true confession good for the soul. I'm here to tell you that I stare into wounds and I glance at wonder. That's me. I know all of y'all are more spiritual than me and you don't have this terrible affliction that I have. But me personally, I stare into wounds and I glance at wonder. And then I wonder why I'm not feeling it when it comes to being grateful. You know, the truth of the matter is, is you can go back and you can read the Old Testament scriptures and one thing after another, after another, after another happens to remind you that the Israelites were constantly getting bored with their blessings. And the truth is, is that we as Americans are not any different. We get so quickly bored by being incredibly blessed. If you are living in that reality right now, I'm telling you, you're going down a dangerous path because the truth is, is that sometimes you can go so far down that path that there's nothing that actually brings you any joy at all. It's true. I'm telling you, I've been there where I've been staring so deeply into the wounds and glancing at the wonder that I forget how much I have to be grateful for. Very quickly, here's gratitude. I'm going to talk about gratitude and the reason that it is needed. Very quickly, it's because it shows belief in God. Can you say this scripture, Psalm chapter 100, verse 5? Can you say that from the bottom of your heart today? For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. At the base of what we do when we glorify God is we say, God, I've seen you move the mountains and I believe... You're going to do it again. You made a way when there was no way, and I believe that you will do it again. God is faithful. His mercy endures to all generations. That tells me that even every single generation, from the first of Adam all the way to the end and before he comes back, he will show that he is good and that he is faithful to every single generation. And then we will decide if we make him worthy of our praise or not. I believe that it is important that we say he is good and his love endures forever. It shows our belief in God is not just about the here and now and in the moment and in the emotion. It is a belief that is founded that God is good and that his mercy and his love and his grateful and his people will be grateful because he endures for all generations. Very quickly, the next thing, two scriptures that I've been sharing with you a lot recently. Isaiah 6, 1, and Joshua 1, 1 and 2. And it shared with you these last couple of weeks. The first one, Isaiah 6, 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and a train of his robe filled the temple. And I talked with you guys that time that I shared that verse with you, and I reminded you that when he says, I saw the Lord high and exalted when King Uzziah died, that was a good king And there weren't easy to come across good kings in those days. He had reigned for 42 years, give or take. But he had been reigning and serving God for 42 years. And everybody got used to the comfort level. But then he died, as kings always do. By the way, he reigned for 42 years. And our presidents reigned four at a time. So just like God was on the throne after 42 years... He's still on the throne after four, the last four and the next four. I promise he's still going to be on the throne. 
He is the one on the throne. And so don't get too worried about what will or won't happen. This world may change. Our politics may change. Our politicians may change. But God will remain on the throne. And we have comfort knowing that he is the one who is truly in control. And then we look here in Joshua chapter 1. He said, Moses, my servant is dead, Joshua. Your mentor is dead. But now you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. In other words, no matter who is working in our everyday world, the one who's really working behind the scenes and putting his plan into motion is the God that we serve. The God whose faithfulness remains for all generations. So no matter what is going on in your life and in your world, just remember that God is the one whose plan is being accomplished. Very quickly, let's remember this as well. Gratitude is needed because of this reason. It's not just about that it is a blessing to God. Oh, yeah, let's talk about this one to remember here real quickly. This one to remember It says that we should run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the pioneer and the perfecter, or the author and finisher is the way that King James puts it. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. In other words, he began something in you, and he will see it through to the end. Let's go back and make sure that we see gratitude is needed for that second reason. That's slide number 22, if you don't mind. Very quickly, because it benefits other people. It is he who made us. And we are his, and we are his people. And so we are the ones who benefit. It's not just for me, it is for we. And in this world, just remember that it is important to benefit other people with the things that you do. Now, I want to be very clear about something very quickly. For many of us, we have forgotten that we're not the center of the world. Right now, we're doing so much that is protecting us. And thinking of us first, and I get it, I understand that that is important, but there is going to come a day where we are going to have to shift back out of that mindset and there will not be a reason for us to stay distant from people. There will not be a reason for us to think first of ourselves, but I have a feeling it will be hard for us to shake ourselves from doing what is convenient and comfortable for us first and other people come way down the line at a different time. Because selfishness does not easily go away. Selfishness does not easily go away. Any of y'all who have ever had to raise a kid who didn't want to share their toys, you know selfishness does not easily go away, right? And so for us as adults, it's the same. We've got to be very careful that we don't forget that we are called to benefit others. And I'm going to be very clear. People won't care how grateful you are when everything's going great. And you're calling out God and saying, oh, God's been good to me. God's been so good to me. I got a raise. God's been good. Oh, I got a new job. God's been good. I got a promotion. God's been good. I got a new blessing in this way, that way, or the other way. They will watch and see what you have to say when things don't go your way. And if you still proclaim half as loudly that God is good and his faithfulness endures to all generations, even when you don't get it when it's your way. I didn't think I'd get an amen on that, but it sounds real quiet. And for those of you who are at home, it sounds real quiet in here. Is it quiet in y'all's living room? Because the truth is, is that we want it our way, but God doesn't always work that 
way. But when it does not go our way, he is still worthy of our praise. He is still God. He is still on the throne. So important. And very quickly, don't miss this, this second thing. We often make the mistake of thinking that the one who receives gratitude is the only one who benefits. We think the person who's receiving the gratitude is the only one who benefits. I'm just going to tell you something very quickly. This other reason that gratitude is needed, this third reason that gratitude is needed, it is because it benefits me. It benefits me. I become someone different when I look at my life and I say, I'm grateful for this and I'm grateful for this and I don't deserve these things, but they have been given to me by God. God has put people in my life. God has put things in my life that I did not deserve and I'm grateful for it. It benefits us. Can I tell you something? If you're a person whose life is characterized by gratitude, people will sit up and take notice because you will be a different person than the normal person that they meet. Because this world is full of people who are about themselves and feel that everything that they've received, they already earned it themselves. It wasn't a gift. They didn't luck into it. They didn't back into it. The truth is, is that for many people, we think we've received less than we deserved. When the truth be told, we've received far above what we've deserved most of our lives. It benefits us to be grateful people. It benefits us to say, God is good. And whatever is good in my life has been placed here by God. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. So we worship him with gladness and we shout and we let it be known We say it out loud instead of just simply hoping other people will catch it. Now, very quickly, I'm just going to tell you, I I don't want to read a ton, but I'm going to tell you this. This Advent Health um, website, it goes through and it tells you all the different ways that gratitude changes your health. It tells you that it improves your immune system, which might be kind of important. It lowers your uh, your, uh, risk for mental health issues. It deals with anxiety disorder, substance dependence and abuse. It talks about setting yourself up for success because in clinical trials, grateful people have been shown to exercise more and eat healthier diets. It goes on and on and on. And then this website that has nothing to do with spirituality goes on and says, and by the way, you can do this by just simply practicing two or three of these things. It says, write down those joys, write down one good thing that's going on in your life. Write down three things that you enjoy in your life, three things that you're looking forward to happening in your life, two people that you love and love you back. And they say, you can do these things and suddenly you will find that emotion following the action of doing that action of gratitude and then the emotion will follow. I'm just going to move on very quickly, but I have to ask this big question. Here it is. The big question, have you decided that you will be grateful even in the fearful and difficult areas of your life. I mean, even when you're fearful, even when you're not certain, even when you're worried about certain parts, can you just decide and determine that you will be grateful for what you do have rather than worried so much about what you don't? And I wrote down, if not, how's it working for you? I mean, there's two options here. You can be grateful for what you have, or focused on those things that you don't. Grateful for what God has done or worried to half to death that he hasn't done some things that you thought he should have. 
And if that's where you are, how's that working for you? You feel better? Do you feel more at peace? Do you feel more at home? Do you, do you feel more comfortable? Less fear? Less anxiety? Because the truth of the matter is, is that we will choose one of these things. So should we cancel Thanksgiving? No way. Man, gratitude means more than ever before. In a world that's gone crazy, and in a world where you don't know what else is coming, be grateful for the one thing in your life that will never leave you and will never forsake you. The God who says, I have you in the palm of my hand. I know your name. I know the hairs on your head. I know how many there are there because I know you intimately. I know when you get up and I know when you lay down and he goes on and on. And then Psalmist David wrote, this knowledge that God cares for me this much is just too much. Why in the world should he care about somebody as insignificant as me? This is all New Texas version, but maybe you can grasp it. And then in the process of it all, he says, I'm grateful that there is a God who knows me this much and still loves me. We have so much to be grateful for. And Heavenly Father, please help us to do the things that take us towards gratitude instead of away from them and change our hearts so that they follow those actions, I pray. And here's how you and I apply this. I'm gonna challenge you to do it. Speak gratitude to two people per day, every day, between now and Thanksgiving. Speak gratitude to them. Tell your wife or husband or significant other, maybe, that you love them. Tell your kids that you love them. And chop it up. You know, don't do it all in one day. Like, do the wife on Monday. Do the kid on Tuesday. Do your parents on Wednesday or one parent on Wednesday and then another parent the next Wednesday. Whatever it is, chop it up. Spread it out. Don't overdo it. Don't hurt yourself, right? Don't do too much. Don't live too heavy at the first day. But one per day, tell them that you love them and you're grateful for them. Speak gratitude to them and then that other person. Tell God one, one thing that you're grateful for. Probably some private things. I can tell God. I can tell him, and Lord, you know, you were faithful to me when I was unfaithful to you. Do you remember that time? I'm grateful for you and your faithfulness, Lord. You know, and I can go on and on, but here's the challenge for you. Speak gratitude to God and to others every single day between now and Thanksgiving. That's only 11 days, y'all. 11 days. You can do it. And it might just change you and change your situation and change others for the better. God, be with us. And let this be something which brings glory and honor to you and brings us closer to you as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, it has been an unprecedented year. Crazy. With all the... the this stuff? Yeah. It's unprecedented how many times we've actually heard the word unprecedented. <laughs> Our dream vacation was canceled. You got to keep the job you don't like. Uh -huh. You know they can see you? 
But let me tell you all the no's, friends. Um, no going to restaurants, no movie theaters, no movie theater popcorn, no state parks, no going to athletic events, no church services, and no... Don't say it. Don't. Hey, kids! You've got to be more careful with the toilet paper! This is all we have! All the drive-by birthday parties, graduations, <laughs> baby showers. I will say this, I thought it's a little awkward throwing out that baby shower gift into the front yard. You weren't supposed to do that. It just feels like a wasted year. I said it, I said it. There's, there's just all the time at home. Boom! And all the time that we were made to spend together. Hey, honey! Honey! Leave me alone! All the heart-to-hearts. Mm. Goodness. Speaking of hearts, our son, Jason, right over there, said yes to Jesus. Right at that kitchen table. July 17th, 2020. You know, I guess it's not really wasted time because God didn't waste a moment of it. <laughs> I think I have the answer to what I'm thankful for. Yeah? yeah. What is it? Everything.
First thing I'll say is that if you wasn't touched by this message today, we do record it. So please go back and listen again. I think that's really important. Um, you know, God was talking to me during this message. And, you know, he, he, he told me that we really have to, we really have to step back because at any moment, we can feel the result and we can understand the result of having gratitude. But you guys want to, you want to feel what that feels like? You want to understand what that is? Do you guys want to feel the result of having the gratitude? We have an opportunity to do that right now. And so what it's going to take, and it goes back to that song we just listened to, this Graze the Garden song. 
And there is a, 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 a little verse in there and it said, I am not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all and you still call me friend. But how often do we wanna hide our weakness from God? How often are we worried about how other people feel about us? How often are we allowing ourselves to not be gracious and not to give thanks to God for everything he's given us? I just ask each of you right now to just close your eyes and just give yourself a moment to just think about the one thing right now in your life, the one thing in your life right now that's causing you pain. Close your eyes and not collectively, individually, deep inside, show your weakness right now to God. And I want you to think about the one thing that you've been trying to, trying to fight and you've been trying to take action on. And just immerse yourself in that. I know it doesn't feel good, but immerse yourself in that. Whether it's relationship issue, whether it's a financial issue, whether it's uh, you know health issue, or you don't feel that someone should have passed away, whatever that is in your life right now, I want you to immerse yourself in that. And I just ask you as you think about that, I want you to think about the verses that we talked about today. And the verse, I'm gonna go specifically to number three, uh, verse three on Psalms 100. And it says, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And I'm gonna go to another verse also. As you think about that, immerse yourself in the, the thing that has been holding you back right now, that's creating anxiety in you right now. I want you to think about this other verse, and it's a simple verse. And I've been thinking about this and holding on this myself recently. And it says, be still and know that I am God. Be still. What do we mean by be still? Let go of your anxiety from that pain right now that you're experiencing. And I know each of us have our own thing going on right now. Don't sit here and act like you don't, because all of us do or even those that's watching right now. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among all nations. I will be exalted in the earth. No matter who we're trying to fight with, no matter what it is that's getting in our way today, whether it's you know some earthly thing or something that's secular or whatever it may be, God is still gonna be exalted. And right now, you have an opportunity to take that anxiety that you have, that pain that you have. You have an opportunity right now. Just give it to God. And know, and know, and know that He is our God. And He will be exalted. you know that when you know whatever that pain is that you're going through right now when you know that you have tears of joy 
You have tears of joy because you know that God is never going to leave you. Hold on to him. Know that. Let go. And thank God. Because we should be thanking him for everything. We should be thanking him for him. Being who he is. Our Jesus. Who loves us. No matter what anyone else says. No matter what you've done. He still loves you. So allow God to take on those things. Allow God to be God. And I ask you again, if, 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 you, if this haven't resonated with you, you really need to sit back and go home and get in the closet or whatever it is and just spend some time with God. Because he's calling for you. He's calling for you. Lord, I exalt you. Jesus, Yahshua, I exalt you. And I thank you. I thank you for being almighty. I thank you for having full, unuttered control of your will. No matter all the mistakes that I may make or everyone here that may make, we may walk in our own direction. But your will will be done. You will be exalted. And we ask you, Lord, to help us be more focused on you versus these problems and situations. Help us to know that your will, your will will be done no matter what happens. Help us to know that all the anxiety that we feel is just driving us from you, not towards you. And allow us to let it go and give it to you. I thank you, God, for this service today. I thank you for allowing uh, your words to be spoken through pastor today. We just ask you, Lord, to let it resonate in our heart. And not let it dim away. Help us to remind ourselves that all we have to do is be still and know that you're God. We love you, God. We worship you. We praise you for all you've given us this year in 2020. In the name of Jesus, amen. You just heard God's word. Now let's go live it. Thank you.